Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. The goal of the Christian life is not merely to live a proper and upright life, die and then go to heaven. The goal, as presented in 1 Corinthians, has to do with being built up into a spiritual building that ultimately becomes God's dwelling place on earth with his people. In short, this building is the church becoming the real temple of God on earth. What a high calling. Our real work in the Christian life is a building work. And to this end, Paul instructs the Corinthian believers and us in chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians, For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's cultivated land, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid a foundation, and another builds upon it. But let each man take heed how he builds upon it. For another foundation no one is able to lay beside that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. But if anyone builds upon the foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, grass, stubble, the work of each will become manifest. For the day will declare it, because it is revealed by fire. Francis Paul, good to have you here sharing the microphone on this uh, really important program, isn't it? Very good to be with you this morning, and I am really impressed with the program that's before us. I think it's one of the most needed messages among Christians today. Francis, um, it's, it, it brings us into this realm, this view. I would say it's not too much to say a vision that can be a controlling factor in our whole Christian life, can it? And that is that God is after, God desires a building uh, with some very unique and precious materials, doesn't he? He certainly does. And the main thing in the New Testament is Christ and the church. So we're going to see what the church is in this message. All right, let's draw our attention to, again, one of the verses that I just read, and then we'll join Witness Lee today as we get into this uh, profound word, a word that I hope all who are listening have the opportunity to really clear their heart, clear their mind, clear their thought, open uh, their Bibles if they have it. But whether you're listening uh, in the car or listening and reading at the same time, we all need to open ourselves to the Lord and really allow him to shine into us with this very critical word. Uh, And I want to mention again a verse I just read, verse 11 of chapter 3 in 1 Corinthians, for another foundation no one is able to lay beside that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Okay, let's join Witness Lee, Francis. Now, let's come to uh, verse 11. No other foundation man can lay, not to lay another foundation. When Paul wrote this word, to the Corinthians. He means this. When you say, I'm of Apollos, you lay a foundation. When you say, I am of Cephas, you lay a foundation. You are of nothing. You are of no one. You are of only one foundation, which has been laid. And that unique foundation is 
Christ, who is both theirs and yours, into whose fellowship we are being called by God. And this is the foundation. When you say, I am for immersion, you know what? You lay immersion as a foundation. I am for tongue speaking. You lay tongue speaking as a foundation. When you say you are of what, of whom, or you are for what, you lay a foundation. This is the right meaning. But this you can see. What has divided Christians? The other foundation. The other foundation. Too many, too many, thousands different foundations have been laid. So be careful to say, I am of what? I am of whom? And be careful to say, I am for what? If you say, you are of whom, and you are of what, you lay a foundation. And this is the cause of division. Then we go on. Take heed how to build upon the laid foundation. Whenever you give a testimony, whenever some saints comes to you, you be careful. Don't give people anything other than Christ. Even don't give people anything that's Christ in a doctrinal way. You must give people Christ in a practical, experiential way. You just minister Christ to the people. We all must learn to build upon Christ as the already laid foundation. Nothing, just pure Christ. Well, Francis, we're trying to uh, cover a lot of ground today, so we had two big points presented in this first section. Let's spend a couple of minutes on each of these big points. Uh, I'll start out with how he started, and that is this matter of other foundations. And, uh, oh, what a divisive and damaging factor this has been to the church and to the body of Christ over the ages, hasn't it? That's caused, I would say, all the divisions that are among us is laying another foundation. Had we been able to stay with the one unique foundation laid by the Apostle Paul, as he mentioned in 1 Corinthians, we would have been saved from a lot of trouble and a lot of divisions among Christians. But since it's so easy to lay another foundation, there have been, as he said, thousands of foundations laid, and they're still being laid. So we really need to take heed to this matter. Yeah, and these other foundations can come in a, a number of uh, packages. I think the key words here that he brought out in the way of warning or instructing us uh, to say, I am of or I am for, and then it doesn't matter. You almost can fill in the blank. Yeah. It can be a person, a gifted person, a teaching. You know, this ministry uh, really focuses on the teachings of these two uh, great servants of the Lord, Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, but we must always be careful, as all believers must be, not to ever to fall into that category that I am of this one or that one, regardless of how gifted and how much we appreciate them. That's right, because if we just take someone or something or some doctrine as our ground or our foundation, we have laid another foundation, and that is divisive. And it's so easy to do that by just saying, I am of so-and-so. 
if we set up a leader as a, a who we're of, then, of course, that's divisive, and that's laying another foundation. And it can also be a favorite teaching, a doctrine, a practice that we particularly cherish, can't it? That's right. And it could be any one of those very excellent doctrines, like baptism by immersion or even the Lord's table. Right. And all kinds of uh, practices that may be taken as our foundation would be divisive. Now, let's get to the second point that he touched here in this segment, and that is this word in verse 10, but let each man take heed how he builds upon. Now, let's assume that we're all building on the one unique foundation, which is Christ alone. Uh, Now, it's important not only to have the right foundation, but it becomes uh, just as critical as to how and what we build on this foundation, doesn't it? It certainly does. What kind of building we're going to do on this foundation, that will set the stage for what we will actually build. If we're building Christ, then we must experience Christ and only Christ. Let's talk for a moment about the example he gave. Um, If we're in a situation in the meeting of the church and uh, we have an open time for prophesying, for sharing, for speaking something for the Lord, even there uh, he exhorts us uh, to be careful the kind of Christ that we minister one to another. Talk about that for a moment. The natural man is so easy to be expressed, and therefore we need to be very careful that we don't just speak out of our natural background. When we speak in a meeting, we need to speak in a very practical and experiential way. We present a practical and experiential Christ, not just a doctrinal Christ. We might end up with just wood, hay, and stubble if we just speak in a doctrinal way. Uh, The wood, hay, and stubble uh, versus the uh, other materials that are mentioned in verse 12, where we're going in this coming section, Francis. Let's just read this verse, a very short one. But if anyone builds upon the foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, grass, stubble. Of course, then it goes on to say that uh, the day will declare it. Certainly, that's the day of the Lord's coming because it will be revealed by fire. So we see two important different categories of materials here. Six things listed, but they fall neatly, don't they, into two categories. Yes. I would say the uh, wood, hay, and stubble may be ministering something of Christ, but not without uh, the purity of it, not the experiential or the practical Christ, but rather something in the air. And the, uh, the gold, silver, and precious stone are just the real materials of Christ, with Christ as its content, and with Christ as its foundation. Good. Let's go back to Witness Lee. To build with gold, silver, precious stones. How could a farm, you tell me, produce gold? Here, no doubt. It implies that the growth of the plants in God's farm up to a certain extent, the change. There were no more plants. They all become minerals. Can you see this? Not only grow, but transform. And transformation doesn't mean you have some outward change. It means you have some inward, organic change. Transformation here in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, is a kind of metabolism. Something new as the element 
added into your being that replaces the old. First way, we grow. Then, transformation will follow automatically. Every bit of growth, you believe me, will become a transformation. Now here, we need these three kinds of materials, gold, silver, and precious stones, to build the body. What is to build with gold? I just give you a little bit illustration. You contact a saint, and you realize this saint is a very good person. Good by birth. In every way. Very good. You must help this one to realize whatever he or she is, is natural. Minister something to him that he may be helped to realize all his virtues are natural virtues, which don't have a bit of God in them. You must learn to look into the Lord for his leading, how to talk to such a one, then after 10 minutes talk, this one would be helped to realize, Maya, all his virtues are just natural. That is not of God's divine nature. That is not gold. We all have to experience this. Then we know how to minister to others. Francis, as we began the program today, we read verse 9. We are God's cultivated land, which is the farm, God's building. And then, of course, the chapter moves forward and brings out these precious materials, gold, silver, precious stones. So as we've seen in previous programs, we begin as a plant, tender young plant planted in this farm. Uh, That was Paul's work. He said he plants, and then Apollos came and watered, and God gives the growth. But somehow now between that plant stage and this growing stage and the building stage, there has to be something that happens to us, the building material. And that's really implied in this uh, with these three precious uh, things, isn't it? Yes, it really is. There has to be a change from what is natural or what is growing and what is the real result of that growth. There's kind of a, a divine participation in our in our growth so that God is being added in his trinity as the Father, as the Son, as the Spirit. He's being added to our being so that what we're doing here is not just something of our natural understanding or our natural knowledge or our natural background, but it's something very much with God in it. If there's no God in it, then we have to help a person to realize that he's just natural, but not by telling him so, but by nourishing him so that the growth in life will really enlighten him, that he must do things with God as his life. Yeah, I thought this was a really helpful illustration. Uh, and, he, you know, he has this hypothetical uh, person, brother or sister in the church, and a very good person. And yet this goodness really lacks this key element, this key ingredient. There's no God there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see a very good person. And for the good ones, it's uh, easy to think that these are valuable attributes that really help the church. But uh, 
we all need help to see that this kind of natural goodness is not really suitable for the building up, is it? Not at all. It needs something. Actually, that kind of goodness can be a destruction of the church instead of a building up of the church. So we need to realize that uh, what really builds the church is Christ experiential. Experientially, if we have Christ in us, then we can water others, help them to realize that they need Christ as the one they minister so that we're building on the foundation with the foundation, both which are Christ. It's really something, as you look back in the Gospels, uh, so many of the ones that the Lord called were not the good ones. And I think maybe he was (laughs) doing them a favor because they would be less inclined to get these things mixed up. Uh, So many of them had the the dark backgrounds and and the sinful past, and uh, the Lord was uh, in them able to accomplish this transformation. But the naturally good ones, sometimes this transformation work is more difficult for them because it's easy to, as you said, confuse these natural good things with what is God and what becomes really the gold, uh, which is God's nature in the building up. Well, uh, we want to uh, look at the other two materials that are mentioned in this uh, passage in chapter 3, verse 12. The gold, of course, as we saw from our life studies in the Old Testament, particularly Exodus and Leviticus and those that dealt with the, uh, the tabernacle and all of the utensils, we clearly know all Bible teachers agree that gold signifies God's divine nature. Mm-hmm. Silver obviously a type of the redemptive work of Christ and how uh, we praise him for the silver that is also such an important part. And then the precious stones, that's uh, something that affects us, and we'll see that in this last section. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Then what is a silver? Silver refers to the redemptive work of Christ. If you do mean business with the Lord, you will realize that you are a fallen person. As it is fallen nature, it needs redemption. Redemption in the New Testament is firstly to terminate you. When Christ on the cross was redeeming you, you know what he did first? To terminate you. Whatever he terminated, he redeems. And whatever he redeems, he replaces with himself. From that time, Christ, as the life-giving spirit, began to replace you, bit by bit, with himself. This is why Paul says, I have been crucified with him. It is no longer I that live. And he died for me. He gave himself for me. If you have the experience, when you contact the saints, you will impart this kind of a reality into the dear ones who are your contacts. This is to build with silver. So many problems of debts, gossips, negative talk, this and that, full of debts. How could these debts be swallowed up just by this kind of building work? When you minister gold to people, that gold is the best nourishment. And then when you minister silver into people, I tell you, mostly that silver becomes antibiotic. It kills all the strong germs. Spontaneously, so much death will be just automatically swallowed up by life. Now what is life? Life is gold. Life is silver. Life is God's nature. Life is Christ's redemptive work. 
Then what is? Precious stones. The precious stones are just the totality of gold and silver. When you add God's divine nature with Christ's redemptive work, the issue is just transformation of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit only transforms people by the divine nature with the cross. Then you become precious stones. This is the experience of the triune God becoming your supply to other saints. Francis, I don't know how it struck you, but I got a kind of a taste there, especially when he was talking about this matter of the experience of the redemptive work of Christ, which incorporates the terminating as well as uh, what we think of as redemption being bought back. Mm -hmm. And he made this comment, and I was thinking of the Apostle Paul, especially after what you said a moment ago, all of Paul's natural goodness, which had become such a problem uh, to the church before he was saved and born again. But all of that natural goodness, he was quite aware, was taken to the cross Mm -hmm. in the death of Christ. As Christ as the life-giving spirit begins to replace you bit by bit, this is why Paul says in his wonderful testimony, I have been crucified with him. It is no longer I that live, and he died for me, and he gave himself for me. And then he said, if you have this experience, whoever you contact will get a deep impression within them of the real silver, the real redemptive work of Christ. Isn't that marvelous? This is a wonderful realization to have that we can impart something of this divine nature into another person if we have these experiences and if we realize that our natural man has been crucified. And we've been raised to live another life and to be another kind of person. What amazes me about this whole chapter is the transfer of being the plants to being the precious materials. And the gold and the silver and the precious stones are really buildable to make us one building on this wonderful foundation so that the whole thing is Christ. Christ from the foundation to the superstructure in all the experiences that we go through This is the Christ we want to minister to others and to be ministered to us so that we have that transition from just being a plant to the growth in life really results in transformation into gold, silver, and precious stones. And these are all the uh, materials that we'll see in the New Jerusalem. So this is the building work that's going on in this age so that God can have a building that can be the body of Christ can really be prepared as the bride of Christ for the Lord to come back. Boy, it really connects uh, our day-to-day Christian life with the ultimate consummation of the entire divine revelation, the divine plan. As you said, the New Jerusalem, we see these same materials present uh, here in the building work that's going on in the church age. Those very same elements are there present at the end of the Bible in Revelation when the New Jerusalem is unveiled, which really links what is happening in our lives day by day to eternity, doesn't it? It does, and if you see uh, 1 Corinthians in this light, you realize that this is something going on today, right now. It was going on with the Corinthians under Paul's ministry, and it's going on with us today under the New Testament ministry. Well, we touch something here that is so tremendous and so profound, and we realize how inadequate our words are to help convey it. We just have to pray the Lord would really shine this into all of us. 
Well, we look forward to uh, more opportunities to have fellowship along this line as we continue in 1 Corinthians in this life study. Appreciate your being with us again, Francis. And for you listening, if this has struck something, we really pray that it does in all of uh, God's people. We hope you'll contact us about the printed messages, about the other resources we have available. You can reach us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. And that concludes this week's uh, live study from Corinthians. Francis will be back next week, and Lord willing, you and I will again be uh, together at least one of those days, and we look I forward to that. Yeah. And for Francis Ball today, I'm Chris Wild. Thank you very much for listening. Dear Lord, we give ourselves to Thee. Receive us into Witness Lee's remarkable commentary on the life of Abraham, taken from the life study of Genesis, is now available from Living Stream Ministry in a single volume entitled Abraham Called by God. Abraham Called by God by Witness Lee is available at Christian bookstores everywhere, or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788.